0: no purchase necessary VGW group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply so it's uh, all for play for still I think so do you want to bet against us? <laughs>
1: Hi, villains, and welcome again to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast with another post-match uh, rant, review, whatever you want to call it, uh, in, I suppose, in lieu of the uh, Spurs game yesterday, as you can see on the screen, Paddy is here with, with me again, and uh, we're just going to get straight into it, Patty. talk to me, tell me what your feelings are, uh, some few hours removed from that Spurs game, Uh or that the Spurs debacle, I suppose, really, really
0: it's, it's probably it's probably a good job we waited a few hours because i was uh, yeah. I, I was pretty uh, no I was just annoyed last night you know i just couldn't get my head around it at all um so it's nice to have the uh the little bit of time to to have a bit more of a measured approach because i figured i would have been ranting and raving last night if we were recorded and you know we've done enough of that now i think we just need to take a bit of time and, and, and oversee everything that's happened and look at the mitigating factors and hopefully deliver something that will be a lot more relevant than shouting and roaring at 11 or 12 o'clock on a Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I uh, I, I, di- I didn't have the energy to do it last night. Um, I was on a Villa View all right last night and, um, you know, I suppose a bit for full full disclosure, there were some things I said there that were really heated at the moment. So if there weren't bad things or anything like that, but I hate singling out players. I hate pointing the finger at them. I know everybody's gonna say, Yeah, well, you do it with Anwar Gazi an awful lot. I suppose <laughs> that's really that's that's a body of evidence, I suppose, really, that I'm trying to bring to the table with that. But um I think we like like uh, there th- there was a lot of flaws in the way that the way the team played and that the way the team were set up. I'm gonna be very very forceful in that. I don't I think the team were set up okay last night. I think there was a few flaws with the way the team played. Um and look, Heiberg took us to task yesterday. He was absolutely fantastic. What a midfielder. Like that's that's he's the type of midfielder we need to come in to make this midfield tick. Uh I think now. But um yeah, it, it, there's there's a few talking points I think from that game. Uh, yeah. Paddy? I uh, I'm, I'm just
0: th- I'm just gonna go back to a talking point we had in the in the preview where you kinda went Who's gonna overrun us, Paddy?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I,
0: I went, uh, and it was Heiberg, and it was Mora, and I didn't see either of them coming, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like uh, Heiberg was, I, I would have signed Heiberg in a in, in, in a, a high second, you know, during yeah. during the summer. I actually think I made, I might have said it on a podcast. Previously, I think I definitely said on Twitter that I thought Heuberg was an absolute steal for 18 million for what he mm-hmm. does and what he did for Southampton as well. And he's come in and he's hit the ground running for Spurs. And, yeah, Spurs are having a bit of a down year this year. But Hyberg uh, mm. has definitely been their best signing and probably their best player this year as well. He protects the back four. He gets the transitions correctly in, midf- in midfield. He's just a bigger bodied guy. He can cover can cover decent ground. You know, so he seems to do everything, everything, and he showed it there last night because he really did nullify an awful lot of stuff. We couldn't go straight down the middle with him there; he was just too much of a presence. And um, you know, we didn't we like Barr trying to kick the ball over him in a long ball uh, um, tactic. We we couldn't we couldn't attack directly on um, uh, Spurs last night. And I'm going to go back and say we couldn't do it. With, this has been a kind of an ongoing piece, probably since Burnley. Whereby we've been crossing and crossing and crossing the ball since after Bernie, should I say, we've been just crossing the ball exponentially. I don't have any statistics to, to prove this, but I think we've been crossing the ball exponentially uh, more uh, than we have been doing previously. And um, you know, it seems to be a situation whereby we're not getting a penetration down the middle. What do you think on
0: that, Paddy? Is there is is, is is that something you've seen as well? Yeah, the the crossing the crossing thing has has really got to me in the last few weeks because to me, it's kind of aimless because you've got two central defenders at Marshall and Ollie Watkins because he's the only one in there. Mm. At, you know, especially early on in the game, it's it's one thing late in the game when you're throwing everybody at it and the, the centre halves are in there and you're pumping balls into the box. But when you when you're putting high balls in, I think last night was crying out for and we had a couple of occasions where we could have done it. It's just to drill the ball in low and hard in behind the back four, and we, we just don't do it enough. Um. You know, I think I think Jack gives us the option to 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 get to the boy line and pull ball, balls back, and and that and that's something that nobody else seems to be doing, with the exception of Bertie from time to time. Um, I don't think anybody else is capable of doing it. And I think that's you know th- what we have in our two our armoury with Jack to open things up because he's dragged two players to the end line. He's either played it to Maddie Target who's got a ball into someone on the edge of the box or whatever. Um, and, and that's how we open teams up. And that's why we, they double up on Jack. And when they double up on Jack, there's a bit more room to penetrate through the middle, which Ross Barkley exploited earlier in the season. Um, so he hasn't done that. When he's been there, you know, it, he's been relatively quiet because he can't get on the ball because there's not enough space. Um, that's how I see it. But the, going back to the, the crossing thing, it, it, it's got to me in the last few weeks. Um, was it the Burnley game that started? Where we yeah, had, I think
1: it was the she- Sheffield United game where we couldn't United,
0: do anything. Yeah, we had 38 crosses or something, into, and it yeah. was just, they were just, just batting them away. They were just dealing with everything, you know. Um, So, you know, we're, we're, we're back to square one, I think, at the moment. Um, And the, I suppose the question is, <laughs> will we have Jack back the next day to change things, or is he going to have to look at other options? Um. You know, he could have Wesley back the next day. That could mean Watkins plays down the right. I thought Bertie was very off the pace yesterday. He looked like he was feeling the effects of what happened the week before. And I thought he struggled to get into it. Same could be said for others who didn't have an injury. Uh, I thought the midfield were, were, were poor enough. Um, I thought Sanson did okay. Um, But I thought uh, Louise and McGinn were poor. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were playing... We were playing a team for the first 20 minutes that looked absolutely out on their feet. You know, I said at one stage, 15 or 20 minutes in, we're going to win here tonight. Because I thought the two fullbacks were just literally dragging their feet, like, like as if they were walking with lead in their shoes. Like, that's the way it seemed. And we just never exploited it. We just never got at them. And part of that is, is because of the, the, the hard work that, Heuberg and Ndombele put in in front you know protecting that back four so you know hats off to the, Jose is the master of uh, of defensive minded teams and he, they they did a job on us last night it's i think i think the first goal killed us you know i think it was always going to take make take a mistake to to give away a goal and as it turned out there were two mistakes Albeit we'll we'll get to the penalty later on, but um the first one is just an, an awful pity. I felt sorry for Martin is that it, if it, it's going to come back to him <laughs> as well because uh you know he's he's been absolutely immense for us, but um you know if, if the defense is doing his job properly, he doesn't have to come for that one either. But mm-hmm. anyway, there you go. Um, let's
1: talk about that first goal because I thought that we were actually pretty comfortable up until that first goal. Um. I didn't really buy into a lot of a lot of the sentiment was that we were uh we, we weren't performing even at that stage. I thought we were doing okay. I thought we were doing okay. I thought we were um I thought we looked like we had a bit of belief in the team. Yeah. Um uh Santa, as you mentioned, was getting on the ball, gave away a couple of balls or whatever. We were giving away a lot of freeze, even still at that stage. But then again, that's Mike Dean. Um the the consistently inconsistent, Mike Dean. Um yeah. but uh, I thought that we were getting on, on the end of balls, like Target had a good chance to back post, I, I, I still don't know what, like, that's really is a left back coming in there, not really sure what to do in that instance, yeah. um, but uh, frustrating it just, it was was just caught
0: two minds really, wasn't it, he was, will, will I shoot, will I cross it, will I shoot, will I cross it, and then had to make a late decision, um, you'd kind of hope that he'd have a go at it anyway, <laughs> he got a clear sighted goal, but it just mm-hmm. didn't fall for him.
1: Exactly. It's uh so like I, I thought we were doing okay. I thought our back four were, were doing really well. I thought Maddie Cash even at that stage looked back to himself. He was getting on of, of overlaps and stuff like that. First goal goes in. Obviously, Misvizentian Martinez comes out and just it was just a poor clearance. Like, um, but they still need to do a small bit of work afterwards. Um, I think it's uh, I'm not I'm not in the in the blameings or, or blame Kanza brigade for that one. Um, there was, a, there was a bits and pieces they could have done better, but like it's split section reaction kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know. and it's, and if you look
0: if you look at it closely, like you, at that stage when a guy is getting in towards the six yard <clears> box, <throat> you you've got to go and put out the fire. That that's yeah. what you're taught to do, you know. So yeah. the two of them went to put out the fire, and the ball literally gets through the two of them. If it had gone anywhere else along the ground, they they'd have blocked it. So it was, yeah. it, was it was majorly unlucky, and and just so happens that there's two lads standing there in the six yard box.
1: It's yeah, and for me one of the one of the sore points was uh what a celebration from Vinicius afterwards or whatever his name is. Jesus Christ. I know it was his first goal in the Premier League fair play team, but my God. Fair play you when you, when the you way, roll it, it is in, yeah. It, it's uh yeah, he <laughs> didn't do game. Oh, he
0: got ten goals it's against two. You know, yeah. his first Premier League goal of the season. He's awful. The guy the yeah. guy would the guy wouldn't go anywhere near our team, in my opinion. But then he goes and punishes you like that. What can you do?
1: Absolutely. In, in fairness,
0: anyone would have put that one away.
1: Yeah. Um I fancy myself even that one. But uh as we saw against Wolves, maybe not anyone would have put it put it away because wasn't the Kanza missed one from around that distance? Yeah. And- and Roman Sight from
0: Miguel Antonio did it yesterday as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's uh, maybe it's harder than it looks. Um, but that goal was a real like that goal was a real ball breaker, I think, for Villa. You know, we never oh, cut with you, you could see the belief in the team kind of sapped away after that. Um, we couldn't get anything really going, uh, bar long balls and try and kick and chase. There was a there was a lot of uh, box kicks, as I would call them. You know, like like a scrum half out the back of a rock, um, you know, in a rugby match, up and under stuff, and kick it up into the air and get for to chase it. Um, which look, uh, you know, mentioned midfield is is a bit of a problem area at the moment. But it must be difficult with that, you know, trying to get set and while also trying to to get up there to try and pr- try and um and, and provide assistance. Ali Watkins there as well, but. Uh, it's look that that goal you could see it. That's the first time I've seen. It, I think this year that when Villa conceded first, that we really did look like we kind of felt the writing was on the wall. Um, I spoke as well yesterday about leadership in midfield, leadership in in, in basically outside of our back four, back five, including Emi Martinez. Um, I think there I think there needs to be a bit of investment in leadership up there, especially when when Jack Relish is out. Um. There isn't enough snarling and growling for me in there. Um, you know, we have a lot of players who put their head down and do their work, but it's what it seems in the outside looking in. Um, you know, it's always said, Mings is the one doing the talking from the back. I Martinez is, is is a leader. Esri Kanza has been known to scold people when they don't do their assignments correctly. We don't seem to see it in midfield. Um, we need a bit more nastiness, a bit more of a destroyer type, I think, in there. Um, and I think that would make things tick a small bit more. But... Louise and McGinn last night, I thought, were were um, not their normal selves. Uh, even going back to the start of the season, I thought positionally they, were, uh, they, they looked unsure of themselves positionally. Um, and I can't quite put my finger as to why, because as we mentioned, a lot of the play, a lot of their play was coming from deep. And it wasn't as if there was a, a maybe you suppose, maybe you could look at Harry Kane. Dropping back, maybe that was causing a bit of consternation that they weren't expecting Harry Kane to drop back, and they didn't know who was picking him up. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe it could be something like that. But what, what's your, what's your view on Douglas Louise? Like, there's, I remember eyebrows were raised as he was being left out of the team uh, earlier, uh, earlier on in the season. But I don't think we're seeing the same, um, the same player as we did post. Christmas, um, as, as we have done maybe since since eternity, or uh, do do you agree with that, or do you have any feelings in that specifically?
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> I I feel, and I did say it in the preview that I thought the game was for Nakamba mm. this week. Um, I think I've been slightly justified in, in saying that now. Um, although you did question who was going to overrun us, they did overrun us yeah. in in that area. Um, I th- I think. You know, what we've seen from, from Dean Smith uh, team selection that there has been games where he just thought um that have been suited for, for Dougie or suited for Nakamba and he switched it up that way. And that's why I had said that I felt that this game was more suited for Nakamba. So we don't know how training is going for Nakamba if he's mm. if he if anything was happening or whatever. Um like don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely mad about Douglas Louise. Um, I don't envisage Man City are going to come looking for him at this stage. I think I think we're safe enough to hang on to him. So um, I, I'm happy enough for him, but there's still a little bit more work to do. He's come on leaps and bounds since last season, as we know. Is is a completely new signing this year, um, but the last couple of games, I thought, yeah, it was. It, you know, it, I think I think Nakamba. Um, would have done a better job last night. He just didn't seem to get into the game at all, um, especially with the with the when we didn't have the ball. I should say he just he he just wasn't getting around the pitch the way I would have expected him to, and the way he has done all along.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's um, it, like we're not calling for anybody to be sold. Or for us not to, or for oh, us to get it. rid of anybody. No, we're we're looking for compliment uh, for for uh someone maybe to, come in to compliment. Douglas Luiz. styles make fights. is what I'm trying to get at here. And we look at Doug, we look at what, what Mourinho has done. Um, you know, even setting up his team there, brought in Rodden into into the center half position there yesterday, mm. so that he could provide an extra bit of athleticism in there, uh, mm. alongside Toby Alderweireld, um. Ricky was left back, and then I can't pronounce the the guy who was right back. Unfortunately, not the
0: not uh, Sanchez. You said Toby Aldverealde Sanchez played. I did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, right it was Sanchez ta- and
1: ta- ta- Tangana right back. Tangana yeah. then at right back. Yeah, like I, so I, like, I
0: was. I was uh, rubbing my hands and licking my lips when I saw the back four.
1: So was I. But <laughs> in in hindsight, you know, they knew right. Okay, if you're going to get the ball up here, you better have the horses to come charging. You know, it better there better be a second wave coming here. But when there wasn't, it was it was very very simple for him. What I'm getting at here is that styles make fights. As I said, uh, I said it in the Villa View last night as well. That we need a big destructive force. I think to come in in midfield at times to kind of like a big bodied midfielder, yeah. like a Papa Bubaji up, God rest his soul, and yeah. um, you know somebody like that. Maybe somebody like um, what's his name? Angrisa at uh, yeah. at Fulham. Um, check the from from Lance, uh yeah. Lens, Lawrence, whatever way you pronounce it. My French. Just, pronunciation. just as you say yeah. that,
0: you're, you're, uh, the one name that came into my head there was Declan Rice. <laughs> you know, I watched him yesterday, and he's just—he's just a beast of a man. Like, um, you know, someone like that, I think we're missing in the midfield, mm. um, and and it probably would be—you know—if you, know, you sign a player like that, it's probably not at Douglas Louise's expense, it's at John McGinn's expense. But well. <laughs> you know, ho- I, th- I think if you, if you are going to
1: employ, like and, and, and I wasn't critical of this because in the moment, for the first 30 minutes, I actually enjoyed watching McGinn here around the place and, and Sanson here around the place. I thought McGinn had more errors in his game during that period, but I could see they brought good energy in there for a team that was, that, that was like devoid of creativity. They brought in good energy. Um, we, had, we had Trezeguet as well, but when you go goal behind, it all means nothing. When the goal, when 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 we went that goal behind, because not only did we lose the energy, we resorted to just fouling in the middle of the midfield. You know, Spurs do that. Spurs go down to drop of a hat and and look. Sure, we saw it with the with the penalty, and we'll get onto that in a moment. But when that happened, we didn't like like the, the 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 reason I would like a big destructive force in there is that he would be able to take If nothing else. That he would take up space, and uh, you know that he would be hard to get around. You know, coming through in the middle of midfield and and. You know somebody like I'm. I'm thinking Patrick Vieira. You know that type. Yeah. We need to. We need to kind of get somebody get get a bit more grunt in midfield because we are very. We're we're pretty small. We when, when you go outside Tyrone Mings, uh we're pretty small as you go 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 up the field. And and I think that's something that maybe Dean Smith might look at. You know a bit more of a destructive force in there, um to to try and pin things down. Let's talk about the penalty, Paddy, because uh, we could I I could speak about that midfield three all day long and, and, and not make any sense and convince myself of four or five different um, scenarios. Uh, but let's talk about that penalty. I still haven't seen a conclusive replay of that penalty that actually leads me to believe that he it was a penalty.
0: <laughs> I can see why it's um, given. Not, I'm not I'm not. surprised it's given. Yeah. Number one, because it's Mike Dean. And in my opinion, Mike Dean should not be refereeing a Spurs Villa game after what he did whatever, many years ago, celebrating the Spurs goal. Regardless of whether he was congratulating and patting himself on the back for, for the decision he made in the lead up to it, his his reaction would would lead me to believe that he's no place to be anywhere near the tell, game. Tell
1: me that story. Uh,
0: he, play, he played an advantage and Spurs scored and he literally ran off like this celebrating after the goal went in. Do you not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: was it was it not was Mike Dean not in, in the stands going absolutely buck ape for supporting his football team was it Tranmere I like or something Tranmere. Like that? Tranmere, yeah
0: it? but he, I, he, I remember he, that, he actually physically did this after scoring after Spurs scored against us about maybe 10 years ago but anyway he's it's just it, I I absolutely hate watching a match with him in charge because he's the most arrogant man I've ever seen in my life and you know me? the, the, the surprise you had you he had, he had chalk and cheese and one wonders if um, Simon Hooper was on VAR, was afraid to overrule him Simon Hooper being an up-and-coming referee and a great time for Simon Hooper because mm-hmm. you can see he physically gets involved with players, he talks to them, he tells them why he's made a decision, whereas My team just stands there arrogant as hell, mm-hmm. shuts his mouth and blows his whistle um, and you know every referee has their quirks for me, it wasn't a penalty Um. And, you know, there's a lot of people calling out Matt Cash for going to ground. If Matt Cash doesn't go to ground and Harry Kane pulls that ball across the goal and someone taps it in at the back post, Matt Cash is in trouble as well. He had to go to ground. Any good fullback would go to ground in that position. Uh, Harry Harry Kane's in last chance saloon to get the ball across the goal. That's what Matt Cash had to do. But the, cu- the cuteness, as uh, Gary Neville put it, uh, I call it cuteness cheating. Cheating, yeah. Uh, he, Grabbing your knee. He knew that. he had lost the ball and then shifted his body to put his leg in front of Matt Cash. That's exactly what he did. That's buying a penalty. And that's not the first time this season he's bought penalties. He's got himself in the edge of the box a few times and stuck his arse out and gone down like a ton of bricks and got penalties. It's an absolute disgrace. And I don't for one minute think if Trezeguet did, does that at the other end, he gets a penalty. I think the England captain going down like that, the forced option, yeah, penalty. End of story. Maybe with Ollie Watkins now in the England squad, we might get some decisions like that against us. we we'll us. But we'll see. for me, it's definitely not a penalty. And at that stage, it was game over. It was hard enough to get back into it at 1-0. We were never getting back into it at 2-0. No.
1: Um...
0: And don't get me wrong, there's, there's been many neutral message me, and say, no, no, I think it was a penalty, but th- that's just my opinion. That's how I see it. Yeah,
1: I, I like I understand why it was given. Look, like, you, you give the referee a decision to make. There, he's got to make the decision when, in in yeah. Harry Kane's favor. You know, th- what it's, I'm it's, saying is, I don't think
0: I don't think Matt Cash gave him the decision to make. I think Harry Kane gave him the decision. Yeah, to make. yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah, I agree with that. Like my, my biggest thing there is Matt Cash goes in. It wasn't a high tackle or anything like that. Harry Kane goes down no. holding his knee. You no. know, it was, like it was yeah. disgraceful. Dude, crazy. Like, yeah. a, a, like And the minute that,
0: the minute he pointed a spot, he jumped back up and get the ball to put
1: it on the Like Dean Smith yeah. alluded to it as well, saying that maybe Matt Target needs to fall down a bit more because he was fo- he felt that he was fouled in the build up as well, which I felt as well. I felt that Matt Target was fouled. and he said he maybe was. Matt Target yeah. needs to fall down a small bit more, and we get freeze for stuff like that. Um, I, I want to talk about Dean Smith. Uh, there's two two pieces I want to talk about. First of all, or, first of all, Dean Smith, remind me to come back to set pieces in a moment, yeah, um, or lack thereof. But Dean Smith's press conference, I was actually, I'm, I was actually really happy with what he said. He called it like it was, you know. Um, he basically said there's a couple of players aren't playing playing really well, you know. He said that uh, we're in a bad spot at the moment. We were confident that we can get back out of it. Um, he he said that the goals were city goals. They were there were from individual mistakes. Like he basically said everything we've said, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he for me, I think he he. Gets it. He understands what the situation is that's, that 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 we're faced with at the moment. But I think that there's precious little that he can that he can really do, other than maybe tweak the formation to go four four two. He's already changed it from four two three one to four three three. It isn't working yet, but he feels that we need to be a bit more a bit more stable. If we go to four four two, we kind of. You know that's that's going to knock our stability as well I would imagine because when we're struggling with three in midfield if we take, if we go two in midfield we become less uh even more lightweight what's your mm-hmm. views on Smith and uh, on, on, on Smith and did you see the press conference he gave last night to Villa TV and 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 talk to me a bit on that and what you think what kind um, of liability did, he has for for i didn't for see the... what he said to, to
0: Villa TV to be honest um I did see what he said to Scotty after the match mm. um I didn't see that for me, uh, I, I I I would always look at you know all the top managers. Um, you, you look at Klopp, you look at Pep, you look at um, Alex Ferguson, and anybody you're, you're talking about, they come into a club, they 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 have their formation, they have their style of play, they want to play. Dean Smith wants to play four-two-three-one when we have Jack and 433 when we don't have jack and if you look at the under 23s and the under 18s they're all playing the same system on the off chance that they need to step up and you know that, that if if, a, if a, it's a bad manager that's coming in that doesn't have that authority to do it across the board from from, from youth level up good point so, good point yeah so this this is his philosophy this is his footballing philosophy if you don't like it I'm sorry you're stuck with it until Dean Smith moves on because I I don't envisage unless we unearth a couple of players that the system would change to suit their play. I envisage that we will play 4-2-3-1 every time we have Jack and 4-3-3 when we don't have him. That just seems to be the way you have not And, you know, I, I pat him on the back for it because that that's what good managers do. They do it they do it from the bottom up. Um, you know, we, we saw it in the uh, although we spent a lot of time camped in our box with the Liverpool FA Cup game. We've watched a couple of under twenty three games in the last few weeks. Uh, admittedly some of them very hard to watch, but we watched them. Um and, you know, they it doesn't look like they're going to get out of that second division this season but look they're, they're playing football exactly the way and a lot of them are still very young they're playing football exactly the same way as our first team are playing it and and they they have to be in a position to step up into the squad if we, if we got a, a Jesus if we got three or four injuries we would be calling on those guys to come in mm. and either sit on the bench or start and you know, maybe the time has come. Maybe the time now I like I think I'm kind of resigned to the fact that we're we're gonna finish mid table. So maybe the time has come to see how good these guys are before we send them out on loan for a a, a year next season. The the likes of Philogene Bades, Charney Chuck, Carney Chukmawenka. These guys probably need to go out now and get uh, get Louis
1: Barry. You can't
0: mention big, the 23 so bring love, up Louis Barry. No, I I I don't buy into the whole Louis Barry thing of getting him into the first team. I think he's still very raw. I think he need. I think he's a little bit of growing up to do before he, he we'll see him in the in the first team. And that could be two years down the line. So I, I would I would think that Louis Bar, Louis Barry will stay in that underage system, Um definitely for another season, unless he starts to do something absolutely extraordinary and and starts pulling up trees. I I don't think we'll see him within the first team setup for another season.
1: I'm I'm of the view that if you're bringing young fellas into the team, put them in the position where they can do the kick-in as opposed to the position where they're going to get kicked and I think the further forward you go, the more likely you are to get kicked and roughed out, rough house the mm-hmm. further back that you go, like Kane Hayden Kessler there will have perfect opportunity to leave something on a, on, a, on a winger and and balance the power in his favour if needs be with a crunching yeah. tackle or something like that so look, that's that's just a complete aside, look I'm not saying that you don't start Philogene uh, Big uh maybe in, in one of the com- upcoming games or that Dewey Barry doesn't get a run but that would be my thinking that that's why you would see players would be our uh, managers would be more likely maybe to bring in a player um, in, in in the dif- in the defense at a middle of midfield or something somewhere like that like Jacob Ramsey prime prime case in point you know um he's uh, he's come in he's gotten a few minutes and, and we'll see where we go from there
0: I well, can- I, I looked at it last night from because I, I was looking at fixtures that where we could bring people in and blood them mm. or whatever and there's not an awful lot of them there
1: You the tough side. So-
0: you know, I was looking at where we'd probably finish up. I reckon we'll get another nine points on the board and we'll finish around 50 points. And I, I think that's probably been realistic. Um, I, I think we'll probably slip up against one of the lesser teams and we'll probably turn over one of the bigger teams because we have been prone to do that this season. Paddy, so,
1: if we finish yeah. on 50 points, I'm open to correction on this. I looked at it last night. I don't have the figures in front of me. If we finish on 50 points... It would be our fourth best, I think it's our fourth best Premier League point finish in almost 20 years. Yeah. And the other three are, guess what, Martin O'Neill years.
0: Yeah. The, you see, the, the the reason people are disappointed with where we are at the moment and the fact that it, we're only on 41 points is that we had such a good start and yeah. it was so promising and then... You know, we, we all seem to forget and gloss over the fact that, you know, we, we had a huge setback in January with that COVID outbreak. Mm. We still don't know if who other than Maddie Target and Trezeguet, had it. We don't know if that's affecting the game of Douglas Louise or Ross Barkley or anyone we've mentioned that's not been doesn't seem to be firing on all cylinders. Um and who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's affecting Jack because it's just a big grey area. But he's not not back in the team yet. But look, we've got two weeks off now. Um, I, I I envisage we'll see Jack play in that behind closed doors friendly they've set up for for Wesley um, later on this week, um, and he'll get minutes under his belt. And hopefully he's back roaring for for the Fulham game when we return. And um, and after after the Fulham game, we've got a couple of tough ones. So. We're going to yeah. need him back. We're, we're we're going to need the distraction of 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 that the is. Liverpool's and and Man City's, uh, you know, working hard to counteract Jack, so we get a bit a little a bit of uh, time on the ball ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not going to be an easy run. I hope you know people appreciate that we've come a long way since last season, and and they don't lose that fact, you know, because it is a fact that if you if you, as you told us. You know, that we'd finish on 50 points, it was always going to be an improvement. there was a what, 14 or 15 point improvement, mm, yeah, on last season, and we would have snapped your hand off for it. So it's, it's going to be slow and steady. Um, there, there will to push on to the next level, there will be, as we discussed, a couple of marquee signings will need to come in, or you know. Johan Lange will have to unearth the the next uh, Scandinavian superstar to come in and uh, and do a job for us. And who knows what that is? I'm sure there's a plan. Um, I'm sure they've already earmarked guys to uh, to come in and and work with us. Um, and it'll be a question of when when the transfer window opens that we we look at getting them in. But for now, what we have to look forward to is the return of Jack. And the return of Wesley, and see how strong he is, and and how he's going to be with such a good team around him. Will we will we get, create more chances for him? Will we see Ollie Watkins playing off the right to accommodate him? There's a load to look forward to. There really is. And you know, I wasn't I wasn't in this positive state last night. So I'm glad we actually left this to record till today, because I was literally I just felt like someone just stuck a pin in me. I just so deflated last night, mm-hmm. and that, and that was just that I felt from the early stages that, you know, they were there for the taking. We haven't beaten Spurs in ages. As, as you know, where where I live in Limerick, it's full of Spurs fans because Spurs played a friendly here in the 80s <laughs> or a European game or something in the 80s. So it's full of Spurs fans and just to listen to the dross. It's bad enough you have to watch them playing so poorly <laughs> without, you know, I having to listen to them saying how great they are. So look, we I think we just... I have to draw a line under it and hope that things are going to improve. Uh, I envisage there'll be a few days off this week to, to, to get some, uh, R and they're probably in just getting their, uh, recovery sessions today. And I'd imagine they get a few days off and um, because it's badly needed. There's a lot of players there that will be quite leggy and, you know, it will be a good thing that some of them aren't going on international duty that would ordinarily go. So I hope they take their time to, to rest up like, uh, it's not like they can do anything with their time off. So be at home with their girlfriends, wives or family or whatever and, and just relax and enjoy it and go again then in two weeks' time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, there isn't really much more else to say on the game. I'm glad that we waited until we left we left the heads cool down afterwards because uh yeah I was I was I was pacing the house after even after doing the last lesson I was pacing the house and I was kinda of going, Jesus, you know. So I was I was a bit annoyed over it. Um but uh, look. Worst things happen at sea, I suppose, isn't that what the that's that's what the saying is?
0: I think but, you uh, know the, the fact that we're in a lockdown, and the, the that, only thing the, yeah. the only thing we have to look forward to is this. And I think I think that just intensifies the bad feeling after a game. 100%. So, yeah, and I think I think it's the same for everybody. I know I know you messaged me last night about about Twitter. I, I didn't even read what people are saying. I always allow that after a performance like that, I always allow that simmer down before I'd have a look. And then I have my go-to guys that i go and have a look at and see what what they had to say. But there's, there's absolutely no point in, 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 you know, recording straight after a game and absolutely tearing into them, which is what I would have done last night. So I think we'll be fine. Uh, We've come a long way you just take this break now for what it is as yeah. much as I'm not looking forward to dross in- international football for the next two weeks, but yeah, we are where we are. <laughs> uh,
1: exactly. Sorry, you
0: asked, me, you asked me to remind you about set pieces.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, we Basically, I was just going to go on a rant about how we do absolutely nothing from them and we must be one of the worst, worst teams in the league with set pieces. But I um, figured, figured that's and I was, what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. And I was just going to reiterate the point that, uh, you know, I'm still waiting. If we score directly from a corner, what I mean by corners whipped in, ball is headed, or someone gets something on it, and and it goes in from from a corner, I will sing on this podcast. <laughs> now, I've been learning songs, you know, in in anticipation for it. But yeah. uh, I think I'm fairly safe on that on that on that level for the for the next you, few weeks. Anyway. The, I, I
0: think three or four different people took corners last night. Yeah, some of them failed to to beat the fourth man each time. Um, are you t- are you telling me we couldn't shoehorn Conor Houran into that setup last night? Are you telling me he would have done any better or worse than Sanson or McGinn? That's yeah. just that's just my opinion. If I was picking the team, don't get me wrong, and me saying biased, being being an Irishman, but Conor is just invaluable to us with his delivery from from set pieces all a- all across the attack and back to the park. He, he can deliver from corners. He can deliver from free kicks. That that ball I was talking about, getting in behind the back four and running onto, yeah. that's the kind of ball that we were crying out for and Connor is the man to, to to deal with it. And, you know, we might see him back in the summer. We might see him back around the team. I don't know if Swansea are going to – I know he's, he's picked up an injury now as well, so he'll be out for a couple of weeks. I don't know if Swansea even have the, the finances to go and do, do a deal like that that's if that they thing. don't get promoted. And it's not set in stone that they will get promoted either, although there's a good chance. But uh, you know, I I I would fight tooth and nail with anybody who tells me that he couldn't have done the job that Sanson or McGinn did last night.
1: Yeah, would you agree? I would, I would, yeah. but I don't have the time. Or sorry, I do have the time. <laughs> I don't have the energy to 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 get into to get into that uh, on this podcast. But it's definitely something more for for another podcast. Um. Further down the line, I think that really pretty much does it, Patty. You know, I think that's going to wrap it up for this evening. Um, Laker Sportsman a match. Gosh, <laughs>
0: target our for me.
1: Well done, Esri Conza. You're turning into the New <laughs> Martinez. You're going again. You're the easy option to just to just pick. Um, yeah, there we go, Ezri Conza. Laker Sportsman a match. Your check is in the post. Um, thanks everybody for listening you know I really really appreciate it if you're listening for either listening to podcast or watching us on YouTube um really really uh, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart from that if you even if you don't watch us on YouTube we really would uh, appreciate a little subscription just pop in there even subscribe on, on, on YouTube uh just to to uh, to get us out there that would be really really appreciated um thank you so much as i say for everything you do for this podcast it's it's really really appreciated thanks a million paddy for popping on and you can find paddy on at villa paddy you can find me on at love mcgraw pod we'll be back i'm i'm going to do one or two little uh pieces i'm sure paddy we won't be able to stay away and not talk about astonville over the next few weeks but we'll probably be back maybe next week i don't i i, I might give it a couple of days of 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 rest and recuperation from the podcasting scene for a moment but um might come back and maybe do something on transfers or something I don't know we'll we'll have a look and and we'll have a chat but uh yeah as i say disappointing loss against Spurs um two week break hopefully we get Jack Grealish back and hopefully we start the roar again but until the next time all that's really left to say is up the villa
0: up the villa